0: very honored to have today's guest because I've met her personally, and I don't often get to do that with many of the women that appear on this show because they're from all over the globe. But I went to the most magical woman's retreat, and this divine soul was the sponsor of that retreat. And it was a day I will not forget. Our guest today is Reverend Dr. Sandy Range. She's a therapeutic coach, a spiritual counselor, an advisor, a hypnotherapist, a shaman, a medicine woman, a wellness practitioner, group facilitator, author, and public speaker. And she's magical. Dr. Reverend Sandy has over 22 years in clinical practice, 55 years of spiritual training and practice, and over 30 years in human services. After managing her own private practice, which she has now retired from, she was uh, for five years, a full service mental health, spiritual wellness, and personal spiritual professional development organization. She holds a BA degree in human services planning and management and a master's in mental health counseling. Reverend Dr. Sandy holds certificates, certifications as a trauma specialist, clinical hypnotherapist. Oh, I'm having trouble today. Hypnotherapist, past life regression hypnotherapist, and neuro linguistic programming coach and practitioner. She's a facilitator of groups and workshops that promote awakened intent, inner growth, holistic wellness. Higher consciousness and the evolution of mind, emotions, and spirit. And we're going to talk about this wonderful book today, but I want to read up just a beautiful quote from the book to kind of get our conversation going. When a deep, heartfelt forgiveness is realized, and it must be realized, a great burden is lifted from us. We experience true freedom. What happens next? The light is already within us. It's in our consciousness, our minds, and our hearts. Once the burden of our transgressions is lifted and released, and as long as we choose life and light for our lives, looking upward from within, we engage the light of enlightenment. And Reverend Sandy, I am honored today to have you and
1: to have this conversation today Well, thank you very much for having me. I too am very honored by you uh, To be interviewed by you and I'm very grateful for it. Thank you
0: You the title of this when you lose your mind now you find your soul Mm -hmm. I understand that because I've spent 30 years getting out of my head And my negative thinking and my and my self-condemnation. And in that process, I've been able to uncover who I really am. And that helped me get sober and, and get into recovery once I realized my thinking was the cause of my own suffering. So tell us a little bit about your understanding and your process of getting now getting lost, excuse, now
1: losing your mind and finding your soul. Yes. Well, um, that title came to me actually, and I was like, you know, you really do have to kind of get out of your head in order to find that place inside you, that light inside you. And you know, it was strange because I said, okay, I have to look this up to make sure I'm not, you know, uh, misquoting somebody or taking plagiarizing someone. And there was a gentleman, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but he was a, um, a an environmentalist, and he loved being in the woods, in the forest. And he wrote journals, his own journals. They were never published. Never, Nothing ever happened with them. There were no copyrights. But he said, into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. And I was like, oh, my gosh. He's like reading my mind. <laughs> you know, because way before me. However, to lose your mind in... And I think he also was touching on this because he was an environmentalist, you know, and I'm a tree person. I love the woods. I love going in there. And yes, I do lose my mind every single time I go to the woods. But losing your mind is, first of all, we have to understand that we're not just a brain mind. We're not this big gray, telco battery up here inside our skulls. We're more than that. We're more than the brain mind. We have a consciousness that is not housed in the brain mind. Okay, it is part of our soul self, our spirit self. So when we think about losing your mind, mind is a brain, mind is attached to ego. And I like to think of it as the devil and angel sitting on your shoulder. Okay, and the little angel on your shoulder is your soul mind, your soul consciousness. And the devil on your shoulder is the ego mind, brain mind. And it is the ego consciousness, ego mind. That gets offended, that gets angry, that gets P.O.'d, you know, that, you know, doesn't like anything is judgmental. If that's the one, that's the, the mind that takes offense at everything and wants things its own way. Wants total control over everything in your environment and yourself. And it is should not ever be in control. Now we need the ego. People think, oh, I'm gonna do enlightenment and I'm gonna meditate and I have to get rid of my ego. You cannot get rid of your ego. It is a necessary part of our humanity. Ego serves a purpose of protecting us. It keeps us from walking out, crossing the street in front of a convoy of Mack trucks. It keeps us from walking off the edge of a cliff. It keeps us safe. It protects the body. That's why we need ego. But from birth to adulthood, nobody is teaching us How to control and rein in ego when it starts veering off into other areas of our lives Nobody knew that nobody tells us that so unless you're born in a monastery or you know somewhere in the Himalayas or some You know (laughs) deeply spiritual place where they can train you. Yeah, but for the rest of us. We don't get that training so Ego ends up taking over And it gets offended and it gets hurt and it gets mad and angry and defensive and frustrated and all those negative, what's considered negative emotions. So in order for us to find our soul, we have to really step out of the mind, the ego mind. Lose it completely. Okay. Just let it do its job to protect us. That's all it needs to do. (laughs) And then we can find our soul.
0: I love the way you call it the angel mind, the devil mind. I named my ego. I wrote about this in my first book, and I named my ego Louise because Louise had a very different voice than that angel mind. Louise had a voice that kept telling me, Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. What do you think you're trying to do? And it was so condemning. Mm-hmm. But I realized I couldn't get rid of it because it was part of me. So I had to work with Louise and I had to be able to, when that voice came up, say, you know what? I'm not listening to this right now. Nope, nope, I'm not going there. I'm not buying into that conversation. And I would, you know, I had little triggers that I would use to stop that negative chatter in my head over the years now that doesn't flare up as much as it used to thank goodness but that's what ran my life it was the tail wagging the dog was mm-hmm. the way to describe what it the evil.
1: everyone's life
0: <laughs> yeah. i mean really it is yeah. what t- it gets us out of control except we need it because it does keep us from harm it it does keep us from stepping off the curb in front of a bus to so t- what are some practices that you like to teach Reverend Sandy, that help people
1: to get away from, from that chatter, from that, from that ego mind? Yes. Um, first and foremost, mindfulness sitting in the silence meditation, that is a necessity. We have to be able to turn inside, go in, go within and just sit in silence because that's where we get, the insights, the inspirations, the intuitions, all of the knowledge that's available to us from a divine source, you know. And by that, I don't mean it in a woo-woo kind of way. I mean in a, in a cosmologically balanced uh, universe that we live in. This cosmology of, um, what's the word I'm? I want to use, but well, a cosmology of of being in balance with nature being in balance with self being in balance with the divine intelligence or the universal intelligence we might want to use that word um where when we're within we can hear that that those messages you know people sit in prayer and they're talking all the time in prayer you know they talk they're speaking they're asking for help they're asking for uh, you know, favors, and they're asking for, to get us out of trouble and and make sure that my loved one is safe and well. we're always asking. Mm-hmm. but when we sit in the silence in meditation, in mindfulness helps you get to meditation, that's when we start receiving the answers. That's when we start getting the information. If we're always chatting, we're not going to get it. You know,
0: young people today. I think really have a huge challenge ahead of them because they are constantly on their phones. Yeah. they're they're tweeting, they're texting, they're messaging. Um, it's nonstop. I don't think the younger generation today, uh, the millennials, know what silence is. They don't know what to do in silence. Mm-hmm. To me, my favorite part of the day is silence. Yes. (laughs) I cherish it. I could spend three hours in the morning with complete quiet, doing a little spiritual reading, some meditation, some journaling, some prayer. I love it. It is the best part of my day. Young people today don't know what that is. They are hooked on technology and constant Mental stimulation. I don't know what we're going to do with them
1: Well, we have to find a way to wake them up. Yeah, you know, and um, But I'm not so sure maybe a lot of them do. Yes, absolutely They're into technology and being on their phones and looking down walking out in front of that bus looking down on their their phones their devices, you know, Um, and that's again is really the ego. The ego says, I'm in control. I do what I want. I'm going to rule this person. You know, this is my domain. And it's not its domain, but we have allowed it. We have given it. It's like giving an abuser the power to control us. And yes, sometimes we don't know initially what's happening. You know, initially, if we're being abused or we're in an abusive relationship, we don't really know what's happening in the beginning. But then we've stayed in it so long and that goes with those devices and looking down and giving that the ego's control over us and power. When we stay in it for so long, we kind of don't recognize until it's too late, you know, and we're, now we're stuck. Now we're in this, this relationship, um, whether it's with ego or whether it's with a, a human abuser, um, that we have to understand, okay, what do I do now? How do I get out of this? Hopefully and eventually they do look up, but they, someone or something needs to be there for them to see, okay, yes, there is a way up. Yes. I can get out of this stuff with my ego. You know, I can uh, move forward. I can, yes, I can still have my technology. We're using it right now. It's a beautiful thing. If it's used within its limits, then it's its boundaries and not possessing us,
0: you know? So yes. I look around restaurants. Look at people when they're out to dinner. They're, everybody's looking at their phone. And I can't stand that. If I go out to dinner with friends, I don't want to, I don't want. I don't want them looking at their phone. If I'm there, let's engage. Let's communicate with one another. Put the damn phone down. <laughs> I agree. Now you do these magical retreats, and I know you have more of them coming up this year. But, I mean, I spent a glorious day with you, and you put your heart and soul into that day. Uh, And we we dabbled in several different practices, not only meditation, but just talking about so many juicy, beautiful things. What are, what, this is going to be a tough question. What is your, because you have so many gifts. You're a shaman, a medicine woman. What are some of the, your favorite practices that you like to teach women?
1: <sighs> wow. Um, well, I don't know if there's any one specific or particular practice. I try to give them enough of a toolkit where they can pick and choose or use them in combination or whatever to assist them. You know, I think maybe meditation and mindfulness, absolutely number one. You yep. cannot move forward in your spiritual life without it. Yep. So that's absolutely number one. Um, and, you know, it depends on what the person needs or is seeking for mm-hmm. themselves as well. Um, you know, there's spiritual coaching and counseling. There's, you know, actually hypnotherapy. There's past life regressions. where well, okay, so what is keeping you stuck in this life? Okay, or what is keeping you from you know from moving forward in the work that you want to do, your spiritual work. And we can go back into the past and see what your soul did in another life that it may be paying for in this life. Karma. That's sweet and simple.
0: <laughs> you which, know? which brings up a fascinating point. I don't think people really understand what the soul is all about. I think most of us, if we were raised in a religion, mm-hmm. Um, I was raised Catholic, so my concept of soul was, you know, really all based on the religion of Catholicism, and that is not my concept today. Mm-hmm. I understand that my soul chose my parents, chose what when I would come here, and also chose the lessons that I need to learn while I'm here so that I don't keep repeating them. And boy, there's that been an education so tell us a little bit about the soul and how people can
1: work with it and understand it Okay, again, everything boils down to going within going inside sitting in the silence listening to your own soul That angel mind on your shoulder is is the soul speaking to you, but it whispers. It's soft You know, it's it's very gentle. It's not that brash, brash brashish, you know, abrasive ego that says, "Oh, I'm gonna take over." Just don't listen to that thing over there on the other shoulder. You listen to me, only me. Lots of noise. The the soul says, "Okay, I'm really here, you know, and I'm talking to you, but you need to quiet down so you can hear me, you know." And so, and this is why we go into the silence. You know, it's why we go into the silence. The soul. I, talk, I just briefly mentioned about, you know, going into a past life regression uh, to see what the soul may have done and karma and all of that good stuff. Now there's good karma, there's bad karma, you know, and it's not really bad. It's, it's what we have chosen um, to experience for our soul growth in each lifetime. And yes, when we get here, we have that veil of forgetfulness. We don't remember that we chose this. And so it may take us until we're 40, 50, 60, 70, 90 years old before we say, oh, I get it now. You know, I get it now. I'm I'm remembering. I know why I was here, why I came here. You know, so hopefully the more we evolve each time, it doesn't take us that long you know sometimes there are spiritual teachers that can help you to recall why you were here or help you to look at the lessons that have the challenges i call them challenges that have presented uh themselves in your lifetime um and due to those challenges what were the lessons that we needed to learn from those challenges you know and so each time we get the lesson each time we we understand it you know we can elevate we can move forward. Now, we can understand it and we can also not like it and argue about it and be, you know, angry about it. and Well, it didn't have to happen to me, blah, blah, blah. But then when we do that, that's ego again, trying to knock soul out of the way. Okay, so we can't be angry over the challenge that presents itself. And um, when we do that, again, we revert right back again to square one. So we mindfulness, again, that's where we want to be mindful all the time, and it's a 24-7, even when we're sleeping, really. Our consciousness, our soul, when we're doing our thing, we need to be mindful of the fact that, okay, um, what actions, what behaviors, what thoughts am I emulating that are going to cause more discomfort, more challenges to present themselves to me, you know? So, um, And I love that you say challenges because lots of
0: times women interpret painful experiences. It's like, what did I do to deserve this? Why me? They become a victim to their pain. And in fact, it's about a lesson. I always say that there is wisdom in the wound. Mm -hmm. It is up for us to find it. Yes. Yes. What has been in your lifetime so far, one of your biggest soul lessons? Oh
1: boy! Um, I, 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 Are you kidding? I, I, <laughs> lots and lots and lots. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I don't. I couldn't. I don't even think I can narrow it down. Um, I can think of a recent one mm-hmm. in the last few years, um, and that had to do with uh, some spinal surgery that I had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the spinal before the spinal surgery, I was suffering from uh, sciatica. And the sciatica became so severe that I could barely walk. I couldn't sit, I couldn't stand, I couldn't lay down, I couldn't, I, it was just painful, like nothing, nothing worse. Nothing worked at all. So um, and it took nine months for me to figure out okay, leave the doctors that you're talking to because they're not helping you and go somewhere else. Um I ended up felt well, it took another year, another, so it was so I would say two years with sciatica, really, really bad, painfully. And Decided to have the surgery, Smoked with this wonderful surgeon. Well, that's another story. But <laughs> um, And then after the surgery and all of that, I'm like, why did this happen? Why? You know, I was losing my business. I couldn't work. I couldn't, you know, pay the bills. All this stuff was going on. So it wasn't just the sciatica, the physical pain. It was affecting the rest of my life. You know, it was affecting my work life, my home life, my friendships. I couldn't do anything. So I said, okay, I had to really stop and see and try to understand what it was that caused this. What was the lesson in it for me? And after a lot of work, a lot, a lot, a lot of work, I understood that, okay, when uh, the spine really supports the entire body, right? Your spinal column, it holds you upright, it keeps you up. You can move left, you can move right. Your spine is doing all the work, right? And um, so and it's some more research that I did and I understood that and where mine was in the lower the lower spine, the L4, L5 area, which sits probably around the sacral chakra and the uh kind of just sitting just about at your waist or just above. Mm-hmm. So um the the energy of the lower spine when it's in pain, any kind of back pain, okay, we our back is our support. I wasn't getting support from anywhere, from anyone. And I started realizing this. I'm like, okay. So I had all these plans. I was trying to open up a retreat center (laughs) and everything was falling apart. And I'm like, why is it falling? Maybe it's not meant to be. And I started doubting myself. But what I found out was that ego, again, also played a part in it. Okay. So um, not having the supports in place, not having... um, You know, human support, financial support, uh, uh, any kinds of supports to this goal that I was working toward of expanding my practice and building, actually building a, a retreat center. And when I realized, I said, you know what? I said, huh. I really didn 't have any support, and I real and I was really concerned about it. I was really struggling, trying to get this to work and then, and being forceful, being forceful about it see that's ego again, being forceful and controlling and I have to do this ah! and force gets us nothing, nothing but pain <laughs> nothing but pain so um when I came to realize that, I was like, Ah, ah, this is you almost really lost everything. Because you were trying, you were so in it doesn't mean I had to change the goal. It just means I had to change how I was trying to get there. And whether I had a support system or not, you know, I had to still change my tactic, change how I was working through things. And the support system that I wasn't working with, that I had the whole time, was spirit, soul, you know, it was the divine kingdom was working with me. And I was like, ah. They're not there. I have to do things from down here on the earth level. And um, when I realized that, things started changing. You know, things really started changing. It's interesting how
0: we're taught to set goals. (laughs) And then we're taught to go out and to work and to push to try to make those goals happen. And that's not always the best strategy. We have to have some faith. That's right. That the universe is working with us, we need to know that what we want is in alignment Mm -hmm. with who we are with our soul. If it's not, it's not going to happen. But we don't look at these things in a deeper, more meaningful way. We just look at the goal and say, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do in business. And boom, (laughs) I'm going out and doing it. And it's like pushing a boulder up a hill. Mm -hmm. And when that weight becomes so overwhelming, And it's ready to just fall back on us, I think, is when it's an eye opener like, you know what? This isn't working. This isn't the way this is meant to be. We're not put here to struggle and and beat ourselves up and, you know, Mm -hmm. put, put ourselves up against such incredibly painful experiences that we don't need. That's not what we're here for. We're here to have good lives and experience joy and abundance. But we have to trust that we're deserving. The universe got our back. And then take mindful, um, spirit-led, Absolutely. heart-inspired action. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, when's your next retreat? Because I want I got, oh. anybody <laughs> that can go to one of your retreats has got to go. I've got my gold dust. I've got my feathers, girl. I mean, I came out of there with so many beautiful little gifts and meditations. I mean, it was wonderful.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I don't have a date yet, but I'm planning two retreats and an online class. Um, one of the retreats I'll be doing with one of our um, Wisdom Fire Elders, and that is is—it's uh, going to be on ceremony. Mm-hmm. How ceremony is, should be a part of every aspect of your life and how to perform ceremony, how to be in ceremony mm-hmm. um, with everything that you do. So that's going to be one retreat coming up. Um, the other uh, online class that I'm going to be doing is Ancestral Connections. Um, so teaching us how to, and we've lost that, that skill. We've lost that connection and our ancestors, I, I would say are probably our great grandparents and you and I we're kind of, we're there. We're, we're, we're mm-hmm. in the, the same realm. Right. <laughs> and, um, but our grandparents and great grandparents always connected with their ancestors, you know, and we have lost that. Maybe, maybe a little older, maybe a little further back, but we have lost That connection and we don't even and think of even the generations younger than us that come after us They have no clue. They look at old people and say "Eh, they're old. They don't need to be here. You know, they just want to get rid (laughs) rid of the old folks But the old folks and which i like to call the elders because they've earned we've earned that title as an elder um This is where all of the healing can take place now we don't when we do working with ancestors we do not want to contact the recently deceased because they're still just the way they left here they took all of that with them all of this baggage (laughs) so they're still working on healing themselves they have to do their thing to be able to be healed so we reach back to very very distant far distant ancestors um, who are healed and whole already, okay? So we call out to those healed and whole, the loving and kind ancestors, you know, and those are the ones we want to work with because once we connect with them, and we don't want to start asking them for stuff right away either, you know, would you want if somebody, you meet someone for the first time, right? And whether they're a relative or not, and they're like, hey, can you do this for me? Hey, can you take me here? Can you do that? Can you do the other? You're gonna like, who are you? I just met you. <laughs> so we still want to have that respect and honor our ancestors, and get to know them. Say, you know, I'm, I'm your relative. I'm your descendant. I want to know who you are. I also want to know who you were when you were on the planet. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You know, and connect with them and find it's There's such rich cultural histories and stories, you know. And if we think about our ancestors, um, going back 10 generations, we have a, like a 1,024 Ancestors in only 10 generations. So, if we go back 50, 100 generations, imagine how many relatives we have. This is why I say we are all connected. Every last one of us on this planet, we are connected somehow ancestrally. <laughs> and I know um, that
0: we don't have time today for it, but you have fascinating stories in your own lineage of, of <laughs> samples of that. I mean, it was just wonderful. I want the audience to be able to reach out to you personally. You have a very generous offer on your website about a complimentary consultation, chat, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, your website is intentionalself.com. And so uh, anything that they should know about this consult, I mean, I just think that is so wonderful that people can get in touch with you and get a little flavor of, of, you know, the kind of work that you do, anything special that you'd like them to know?
1: Um, You can call, you can email, you can visit the website. You can actually sign up on the website so you can get, I have a newsletter that comes out monthly. This shows all the the programs and things that we have to offer. Um, And a little, I call my intentional blogging. (laughs) Um, But intentional self, not international. A lot of people make that mistake and they never get to me. So intentionalself.com, solutions at intentionalself.com is the email address. Wonderful. And um, you can reach me through there. Perfect. And I'll put those in the show notes as well.
0: Right. So that they're there. Oh, Reverend yes. Sandy, this has been so much fun. It's so good to see you. Really, you, you touched me the day we met. And I said, I've got to bring this woman on because uh-huh. you're, you're, you're just such a gift.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Truly you truly are. Well, and I appreciate you too, Mel, very much.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. Be sure to visit brokenopen-book.com to get a copy of Mel's new best selling book, Broken Open, Embracing Heartbreak and Betrayal as Gateways to Unconditional Love. And for a limited time, you can get over 40 transformational gifts from Mel's launch partners. Claim all of this goodness at brokenopen-book.com.